Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. 40 college football bowl games plus the college football playoff, the last month of NFL football, college and pro basketball, hockey, all of that and more is coming at you during this holiday season and Bet Online Sportsbook has you covered. All of the odds, props, promos and parlays. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B L E A V 50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live. Because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome to the 2022 Take It Easy podcast Christmas Spectacular. The fourth annual Take It Easy podcast Christmas Spectacular. What is the Christmas Spectacular? Well, the Christmas Spectacular is basically the episode I record before Christmas or on Christmas, as it was back in 2019, in order to set the stage for everything that is going to happen in the world of sports around this biggest holiday weekend of the American calendar. And the last two years, our second and third annual Take It Easy Christmas Spectacular, one, the Christmas Spectacular happened to fall on either a Friday night or a Saturday, so we got to record in advance. But second, they were both about COVID. 2020 was all about COVID-19 and the pandemic and the sports calendar. Because that, if, you were, if you'll recall, that was opening day of the NBA season coming out of the bubble. This was, I, I believe, like Buffalo's rise with Josh Allen. And they were playing Denver. And the whole thing revolved around COVID. That was the year that a Thanksgiving game got postponed. Like 2020... We know what 2020 was about. It was the midst of a pandemic. Sports was weird. We were throwing way too much of our emotional stability into sports. And then last year, our 2021 Take It Easy Christmas Spectacular was all about how everyone was getting COVID during the Omicron spike of of New Year's 2021. So last year's Christmas Spectacular was all about COVID and Baker Mayfield. And since this year's Christmas Spectacular is not going to be all about COVID... even though there are spikes in COVID in various states in the United States. For the first time in a while, we're going to have a conversation about Christmas and sports that kind of feels like an actual Christmas spectacular instead of just talking doom and gloom about how, about the more important topics of the world. We're just going to have a more lighthearted, stupid Christmas Spectacular here today. And for this year's Christmas Spectacular, I decided that the best way 
to tackle this day would be to do the heavy lifting for all of you because I know Christmas season and Christmas week, you're traveling, gift shopping, spending time with people, which is what you should be doing, especially people that you love during time when you have an opportunity for travel or vacation or time warranted in the schedule that is supposed to be about you and the people that you love. You are doing the right thing by spending time with people you love. You are doing the right thing by taking on extra responsibility in order to help make a better experience for the people that you care about. And so because of that, I am here to help you do the heavy lifting when it comes to how to deal with sports during Christmas. And we're not going to do doom and gloom COVID because... I think even during Christmas, those last two years, people needed a reminder about how serious this pandemic was, especially during the Omicron spike of last year. And, well, I guess no one needs Baker Mayfield talk, but we still did Baker Mayfield talk on the Christmas Spectacular last year because the the only sporting event of meaning was Cleveland versus Green Bay and Baker Mayfield throwing four interceptions in what would ultimately prove to be his last game in Cleveland despite the fact he was playing through a torn shoulder in his non-throwing arm a sprain in his throwing shoulder an ankle injury and a knee injury Baker Mayfield went out through four interceptions and the and that was effectively the end of Baker Mayfield's career so this year I want to do the heavy lifting for you in about 30 minutes. And since, by the way, Christmas comes on a Sunday this year, we're going to release the Thanksgiving or the Christmas Spectacular podcast a couple days in advance of Christmas. So the perfect timing will allow you to listen to this podcast and prepare yourself for how to deal with sports in the midst of this Christmas weekend. And if you have a certain amount of time, perhaps prioritize All of the events that we're going to talk about today, maybe prioritize the two or three that I discuss as the most important or the ones with the most stakes and storylines attached to them, or you could be a healthy person and not watch any of the sports during this Christmas week. Although, since most of you listening to this show are taking time out of your Christmas weekend to listen to this podcast, I suspect that you will probably have some sort of interest in sports coming up over the Saturday and Sunday and Monday of the Christmas weekend. So with that being said, let's talk about what is important, what you should prioritize, because capitalism in sports has taken over, baby. Everyone is trying to compete for your attention during this Christmas season. This has kind of been a new revelation over the past few years. Remember two years ago during the pandemic when the NFL scheduled a Minnesota and New Orleans Christmas game where Dalvin Cook, I'm sorry, where where Alvin Kamara went for six touchdowns in a game while wearing fun Christmas cleats. And that was a, a game of the year in the NFL during a dark days of the pandemic. Well, the NFL has decided we're taking Christmas and we're putting a triple header of games back to back to back all throughout the day on Christmas combined with the NBA putting together their schedule of games, combined with the fact that because Christmas lands on a Sunday this year, the NFL Week 16 schedule is on Saturday. So your NFL Sunday is actually on Saturday, and your Sundays are going to be filled with even more sports with more stakes and storylines than even a classic NFL Sunday, because the NBA did really good with their Christmas Day slate this year. So what we're going to do is talk about 
the sporting events that are important. And let me first talk about the ones that are not important for this weekend. 76ers and Knicks, Christmas morning, afternoon if you're on the East Coast. It will be an entertaining product. It should be on in the background. Don't invest in the stakes and storylines. The Knicks have a great winning streak going. The 76ers are one bad season away from blowing it all up. Their matchup doesn't have any rivalry to it. Just put it on in the background. Scoreboard watch. If you want the entertainment value of watching basketball, watch 76ers and Knicks. The other two, Lakers and Mavericks. That's the next game coming up after 76ers and Knicks. Lakers and Mavericks. Man, Anthony Davis being out really neuters this game. And there's a possibility that Luka might also miss this game on Christmas. We'll see what happens. But man, this this one really got neutered a bit. So the first two NBA games, you can sit them out uh, unless you want the entertainment product of basketball, which is totally fine if that's how people want to spend their Christmas. If you want that on in the background for catching a LeBron James, well, LeBron James doesn't dunk anymore, but catching a LeBron James layup or a LeBron James three-pointer, by all means, be my guest. Luca and LeBron have the two highest usage rates in the NBA. You'll at least get to see a lot of those two play basketball, which I will argue is no longer the peak of great basketball. Is LeBron and Luca having gigantic usage rates? It'll be entertaining. So the first two games, 76ers, Knicks, Lakers, Mavericks, entertaining product. I would not recommend investing in the storylines for it. Just entertaining product that you should watch during the day. The alternative is the first game that I want to talk about here on our Christmas Spectacular, going on at the exact same time as both of these games, which is Miami and Green Bay in the NFL in South Florida. It's the first game on the Christmas Day slate. By my account, it's the only game worth a damn on the Christmas slate of NFL games because the other two games are between four teams that either will not make the playoffs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will make the playoffs, but, you know. So, Dolphins and Packers. I think the Dolphins are an immensely interesting football team. I think the Dolphins are an immensely interesting football team is because you know how we talk about stakes and storylines being the thing that drives interest in sports. The Dolphins have an exorbitant amount of storylines and the stakes on their season are starting to get ratcheted up a little bit because Miami now finds themselves as the seventh seed in the AFC. If we're talking about the stakes of what this game represents for Miami, they have three left in the regular season. They play the Jets They play the Patriots, and they play the Packers. They currently hold the seventh seed right now. They are a full game ahead of the Jets and the Patriots, who will be their final two opponents in the regular season. And so the the, the Dolphins 
kind of need this win to keep pace. Now, uh, Fangraphs gives them a 70% chance to make the playoffs. That Steve Kornacki breakdown gave them a 67% chance to make the playoffs. So the Dolphins just need to beat likely the Patriots or the Jets, and they will be the last playoff team in the AFC. If they win two of those games and perhaps beat the Packers, they could jump all the way up to the number five seed with an 11 and six record, which I think would be appropriate for the level of play the Dolphins have put forth this season. I think the Dolphins are either the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC so far this year. They've had a top five offense and a defense in the bottom 10, and those have averaged out to a team that is capable of going eight and six. And yes, they won a fluky game against the the Buffalo Bills back in week three, and they won a fluky game by scoring three touchdowns in five minutes against the Baltimore Ravens. And at the same time, Tua missed three games in the season. So it's kind of averaged out. And if you were to ask me what the Dolphins record should be at this point in the season, I would articulate they are about an eight and six football team. So the Miami Dolphins find themselves with that level of stakes. They kind of need this win to feel good about their chances to make the playoffs. Now, make the playoffs, I think, should be a a bar for the Dolphins to hit, but ultimately they should be hoping to win a first-round playoff game. That is what the goal of this year's Dolphins team as the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC. Their goal should be to make it to the second round of the playoffs. And for the Dolphins, that's a storyline that plays into the stakes that we're talking about, which is the Miami Dolphins have not won a playoff game in 22 years. And this is the first time they've had a top five offense since 1992. It's been 30 years since the Dolphins have had a top five offense in the NFL. And Miami finds themselves in the incredibly interesting position of we are outperforming even the the most critical of expectations offensively going into this, or even the most, not the most critical, even the most optimistic of expectations going into the season, we are exceeding that number. And so Miami finds themselves in the interesting position where we legitimately can win a playoff game. Now, they're not Kansas City. They're not Buffalo. And I don't think there's anything they could do in a single season to become those teams. Those teams have been consistently great for the past three seasons and have a quarterback who has who have proven time and time again that they are that dude. You could start to lump Joe Burrow into that camp, too. Yes, Tua is going to make the Pro Bowl this year based on a singular season. Jared Goff also made a Pro Bowl in his third season. That's not to say Tua and Jared Goff are comparable. I'm saying that the sample size needs to be larger on what the Dolphins are to put them in a camp of Super Bowl caliber good, granted that they still have a defense to where a team like Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati, or a healthy Baltimore can basically do whatever they want against your defense. So what I think is, and by the way, the Dolphins have had a host of injuries along the offensive line. So that's part of the storyline for Miami. The other storyline for Miami is the Tua, Tariq, Jalen Waddle one. If you want more talk about that, I'm going to direct you over to the podcast that we did on Tuesday for the X's and O's breakdown of the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills game that we did. This is Tuesday the 20th. That podcast is out now, uh, just like three, two or three episodes down on your podcast feed if you want some more in-depth 
Miami Dolphins analysis. So that's the football game I think is most interesting. From a Packers standpoint, I mean, most people wouldn't have thought the Pack. I didn't certainly didn't think the Packers would be worse than the Dolphins this year. Now, the Packers have had a catastrophic number of injuries, but also this is the ramifications of going all in those last two seasons. Like they put themselves in salary cap hell going into this season. And the way they got out of it was by getting rid of Devontae Adams and getting rid of Marquez Valdez Scantling and not really replacing them with anything on offense. And then on defense, you subtract Zadarius Smith, who had a falling out with the team, but was an incredibly important piece of the team. They uh, moved Preston Smith's contract around to make the money work, but they really, they really are missing a lot of those pieces from last year. And Unlike Kansas City, where, you know, Kansas City subtracted Tariq Hill, Taran Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, and uh, another guy I'm forgetting, all in one offseason, Kansas City, what makes it easier for them to still be great is having Patrick Mahomes and having Andy Reid, who are the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in his physical prime and the greatest offensive coach in the history of the NFL. And even with that, and even with the number one offense in the NFL, which Kansas City has right now, even so, Kansas City is still just a team at the top. They are not the team far and away like they were in 2020 or like they were looking like the second half of 2021 where they're totally unbeatable. That's that's not Kansas City this year. Buffalo is a better team than Kansas City. Cincinnati is as good of a team as Kansas City. And because they play in the AFC, they might lose in the second round this year. So even with all of that, Kansas City has gotten worse comparatively to the last two seasons, really the last three seasons, really the last four seasons if we want to go that far with Kansas City. Going back to the Mahomes MVP season of 2018, they won the Super Bowl, then they were totally unbeatable in 2021 or 2020 pandemic season, and then last year, second half of the year, they were totally unbeatable. They've gone 50 and 7 if you take out the start of last season, and even they are not totally unbeatable this year. And so, as it relates to the Packers, the storyline you can get interested in here as their season is basically a wash at this point is they don't have the greatest quarterback in his prime. They have Aaron Rodgers at 38, and they have Matt LaFleur, who looks like a coach who doesn't do things poorly is also just about as good or as bad as the roster that he that you're giving him it doesn't look like Matt LeFleur elevates the roster around him the way that perhaps a John Harbaugh did during those years in between the Super Bowl and Flacco now one of those years they finished 5 and 11 but it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like LeFleur is one of those 8 or 9 indispensable coaches it doesn't look like Mike Tomlin leading the Steelers, who are on paper one of the four worst teams in the NFL, and they're still on pace to go eight and nine. Like, I I don't think that that's what Matt LeFleur is. He seems like a, a good coach, a coach worth keeping around because you could do a whole lot worse, but a coach where if a better option presented itself, you would you probably wouldn't think of him as indispensable. And so because that's what the Packers have as the bones of the operation, combined with the fact that they subtracted their offensive coordinator and their special teams coach and a couple of assistants who went over to the Broncos when Nathaniel Hackett took that job, you combine all those things together and it's just kind of the, the bones of a, of a team in transition. And the best thing I can say about the Packers is kind of the same thing I can say with the Cardinals, which is like, damn, good luck with that. <laughs> 
I don't know the solution for you because you just committed to a quarterback for the next four years. Good luck with that, man. <laughs> we'll see what happens, Green Bay. I mean, you your best this last year was your last dance. Devontae Adams is gone, MVS is gone, Zadarius Smith is gone, you've put yourself in cap hell, and Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be gone. Aaron Rodgers was on his way out the door. And now, I mean, Aaron Jones has been hurt for a while, too. It doesn't seem like he's a long-term plan there. I mean, like, this was this was supposed to be the last dance, and now it was all supposed to be. They were supposed to turn into what the Saints have turned into, and quietly they are. I just thought that because they kept Aaron Rodgers, they were going to at least be a playoff team, and, and that's not the case this year. So Packers-Dolphins, something to get interested in. By the way, we knew it was the last dance. We knew this would be the ramifications of it because we have this theme song that we played all last year for the Green Bay Packers' last dance, which was just a parody of the Michael Jordan intro from the the last dance documentary. But we were playing this all last year because we knew it was the last dance. Aaron Rodgers posted, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams posted last dance photos. Robert Tunyon posted a last dance photo. We knew this was the ramifications of going all in. Their best chance to win a championship passed. Everyone except Aaron Rodgers left. Like, we knew this was going to be the case, and we have the proof to back it up, but thanks to this Last Dance Green Bay Packers parody. Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. He is not making this about money. He wants out of there, and he's telling you there is no amount of money. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that, and... um... You know, we'll continue to work at it. The situation between the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams is not good. As far as this weekend, as far as training camp, we will see. There's been one message consistently coming out of Aaron Rodgers' camp, and and that's, I don't want to be here. I skipped over one thing to mention, which is on Christmas Eve, the uh, afternoon, like uh, 125, 425 East Coast time game is uh, Eagles and Cowboys. Doesn't look like Jalen Hurts is going to play. If he does play, it feels like kind of a short-sighted decision by the Eagles. So that would have been the first thing I started off with in the Christmas Spectacular. But now that Jalen Hurts is down, you you might want to watch that game for entertainment value and at the same time might want to just keep your eyes peel like if you have other plans it's not a must-watch game the NFL didn't screw you by putting a must-watch game on Christmas Eve that will take your time away from your family if Jalen Hurts isn't going to play you can get away with with not watching that game that's pretty much what I'm going to do I'm going to get away with scoreboard watching that game and and not really keep the the keenest eye on it so that was one that was almost a must-watch moment of the Christmas weekend So after your Dolphins and Packers game, which there are storylines, there are stakes to be interested in, to talk about with your family who likes watching sports, then you get to the game of the weekend. And the good news is the NFL paired this up with Broncos and Rams, 
which do not watch Broncos and Rams under any circumstances. If you choose to watch Broncos and Rams over Bucks and Celtics, I don't even care if you don't like basketball. You will just be much more entertained watching Bucks and Celtics than you will watching the Broncos and the Rams. Don't watch the Broncos and Rams on Christmas. I have a rule this year. No bad football. Healthy relationship with football. You are a sicko if you are going to watch Broncos and Rams on Christmas. Uh, this the, the Rams' backups are gone now. Ben Skronik is out for season. You are a sicko if you are going to watch Broncos and Rams on Christmas Day. What you should be doing instead, if you're going to choose to ignore your family or ignore your, the people that you care about, or if you want to have a bonding experience with the people that you care about around sports, watch Milwaukee and Boston play basketball at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Christmas Day. Those are the two best teams in the NBA. Those are the two teams that have won the Eastern Conference in 2021, won the Eastern Conference in 2022. This is the game to get invested in. And even though the NBA regular season has no stakes, there are so many storylines, so many interesting storylines to follow from this series. And I'm going to do my best to talk about one of them here today. First of all, it's just entertaining basketball, point blank. You should watch Bucks and Celtics because it's the peak of 2023 basketball. These are the two best teams in the NBA far and away. And they're both actually pretty entertaining. It's not like it's it's not like Dallas, which can be a little bit of an eyesore to watch. It's not like Minnesota. Well, the Ant-Man's actually been kind of good recently, but it's actually very entertaining basketball to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Boston Celtics' number one offense in the in the first month and a half of the season. They've come back down to earth recently, but it's actually quite entertaining basketball to watch. Storylines to be invested in. Here, since there are no stakes to the NBA regular season, no matter how much they can pretend that play-in tournaments and Christmas Day matchups have meaning, there are no stakes to this game. But here's the storyline. The last four years of NBA basketball has been a generation of stars led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker. Jason Tatum is a bit of a tweener between the old generation or the, the current generation, which are the players I just listed. They've won the last four MVPs. Three of the last five champions have come from this group of players. Anthony Davis in 2020, Giannis in 2021, uh, Tatum made the finals in 2022, kind of representing the bridge between the generations. Kawhi was a bridge between Steph, LeBron, and KD into the generation of Giannis and Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis and Devin Booker. And, and the Suns, Devin Booker was the best player on the team that made the finals in 2021. The last four years has been the prime of Giannis and Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis and Devin Booker. Those have been the players that have come to define the last four years of the NBA. Jason Tatum is not quite the same group as Luka and Zion and Ja Morant, who are about to one day supersede those players whom we just mentioned as the best in the league. But the physical primes of Giannis and Jokic and Embiid and Anthony Davis and Devin Booker are coming to an end. 
they are getting ready to come to an end. It, the prime of an NBA basketball career is about five years. And by the way, that doesn't mean that they won't be Hall of Fame level players. That does, LeBron James won championships in his 30s and mid-30s after his best basketball was over. The best basketball of LeBron's career was the five years that he won MVP, which was 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. 2013 season was the bridge in between those. That was the best years of LeBron's career. So what we're talking about here, and and after that, LeBron went to five more NBA finals and won two of them. It's not to say that these players will just stop being great. It just means that the players who are younger will be better than them. Luka Doncic is going to start winning MVPs. John Morant's going to finish top five in MVPs. Zion is going to finish top five in MVPs. And... The bridge between those two generations is Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum is 24 years old and Jason Tatum is in this in-between where he's not 22 like like Zion, he's not 22 like uh, John Morant, and he's not 23 like Luka Doncic. He's 24, about to be 25. He is the in-between player between the two generations. And so what you have right now is the player of the last generation, Giannis, and the player of the upcoming generation, Luca and Zion and Jaw. We're not sure which one it's going to be, but it's going to be a mix of those guys. And the bridge between them is Jason Tatum. The same way that the bridge between Steph, LeBron, and KD into Giannis and Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic... The bridge was Kawhi Leonard. That 2019 season, Kawhi was the bridge between the two generations, and Kawhi ended up winning a championship out of it. They, Giannis went through, all these players go through the growing pains. The normal course of NBA history, with a few exceptions like the Lakers in 2020, is you go through the losing, you go through the growing pains, and then you learn to become champions. As you enter your prime, as other players age out, Once you hit about 24, 25, 26, that's when you're in your physical prime. That's when you start winning MVPs. That's when you start to win championships if you are a player who is a superstar who's going to be the best player on a championship team. So what you have at this point was Giannis learning to become a champion. That first year he won MVP, the Bucs hadn't won a playoff series with Giannis until 2019 when he won his first MVP at 24 years old. And they beat Boston and they beat, uh, I think it was uh, Detroit that year. And they got to the conference finals. They were up two games to zero, two games away from the NBA finals. Lost to Kawhi. 2020, made it to the bubble year. Giannis got hurt in the series, but they were already down two games to zero. Lost to the Miami Heat. Toronto and Miami were the bridges in between what would ultimately be Giannis's league and Giannis winning two MVPs and the following year winning a championship with statistically the second greatest NBA finals of all time. He averaged 36 points on one leg, 36 points and 14 rebounds in a series on one leg. So Giannis in three consecutive years at 24, 25, and 26 went MVP, MVP, NBA championship, finals MVP. And last year, Giannis lost to Boston in seven games, despite the fact that Giannis set the record for most points scored in a seven-game series. Giannis, without Chris Middleton, his second-best player, 
lost to Boston last year. And last year, Boston, as they're currently constructed now, went through the growing pains of losing in the championship to Golden State, despite the fact that they were favored, despite the fact that they were up two games to one, lost to Golden State, and this year have come back. And even if even as you remove the coach from a scandal play from a scandal where we don't have enough information to actually know what happened, and you bring in a coach who's 34 years old and was on the back of the bench last year, they have worked through their their issues, had the number one record in the Eastern Conference, and it's them in Milwaukee, and it's the rest of the league. It has been building to this year for these teams for four seasons, beginning with the Bucks in 2019, and 2019 was the year that Kyrie Irving moved out the door in Boston, and Gordon Hayward would move out a year later, and this was the transition into Tatum and Brown being the stars of Boston, and Tatum being the bridge between the generations that just might win a championship, just might win an MVP. Jason Tatum is the Kawhi Leonard of this generation. He is a bridge between what is the future and what is the present. And Jason Tatum can be the best player on a championship team. That has been proven last year, and it has continued over this season. Jason Tatum is that caliber of player. Will he win an MVP? Maybe, maybe not. It's less important. Kawhi Leonard never won an MVP, and yet Kawhi Leonard was the bridge between the generations. Dirk Nowitzki won an MVP. Dirk Nowitzki ended up being the bridge between the generations in 2011 with an NBA championship. This is the this is the bridge era into what is about to become Luka, Ja Morant, Zion for the next however many years you want to point to as the stars of the NBA. Ant-Man might be in that group too, but the bridge is Tatum. Luka and Ja Morant and Zion are are building up rosters, entering their physical prime, and one day they will be the people who unseat Giannis and Jokic and Embiid. It might happen this year, it might happen the year after, but one day they will be the people who unseat those players as the stars. And in the transitional phase, you're going to have Tatum and and Boston be the team that tries to win a championship in the meantime and basically take a championship away from Giannis because Giannis is the the all-time great player where simply by having you having him on your team, super team or not, you are one of the three best teams in the NBA simply by having Giannis Antetokounmpo every single year. Despite the fact the Bucks have have spent all their draft picks, they gave them all up to get Chris Middleton and to get uh George Hill and to get Brook Lopez or to get uh not Brook Lopez, Bobby Portis. Even though they gave up all their draft picks, uh, they also gave up a first-round pick to get P.J. Tucker during the championship season. I almost forgot about that. So they traded their draft picks for P.J. Tucker and for Drew Holiday and for Bobby Portis. They've used all their draft picks. They've used all their cap space. This is the team that Giannis wants. This is the team they've constructed. Milwaukee has gone all in. And with the same core of the team as two years ago, they are still a championship-level team. That is because of Giannis. That is because of Giannis and just putting enough around him to be good enough to win a championship. The Denver Nuggets have not put enough around Jokic. Now, they have pieces, but those pieces have been injured. Simply by having Giannis, 
you are good enough to make the championship. And by the way, the one year that all those pieces were healthy for Denver, because Jamal Murray hasn't played in the playoffs since the bubble, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And only against LeBron James and Anthony Davis did the Denver Nuggets fall short of making it to the NBA Finals and potentially winning the NBA Finals. So what we're talking about when it comes to these teams is four years of narratives and four years of development building to this epic conference finals matchup between Milwaukee and Boston. And I think it's incredibly exciting once the stakes get ratcheted up in the playoffs and we presumably, assuming good health, get the matchup between those two teams that we've been building towards for four seasons. The present team of the NBA with the star of the NBA, Giannis, and he's been the best player in the NBA for four years, and Jason Tatum, the bridge star between the generation right of now, which is Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, and the future, which is John Morant, Zion Williamson, and Luka Doncic. Jason Tatum is the bridge superstar in between, and he's got a team that's good enough to win the championship, and it's going to be so exciting every time the Bucks play the Celtics. So even if the regular season doesn't matter, even if we can't read too much into a regular season matchup, even though Boston has lost two consecutive games to Orlando, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly exciting to watch those two teams play, and it's the game of any sport that I am most excited for as part of this Christmas extravaganza. So to conclude your Christmas, I would recommend watching Grizzlies and Warriors even without Steph Curry because Bucks and Cardinals is your alternative. You could go either way on those ones, but at least Grizzlies and Warriors has the rivalry matchup than the storylines of last year, but maybe you should just enjoy your Christmas dinner in the middle of those and then if you're still feeling it at the end of the night, it's might be for just my West Coast people. Suns and Nuggets is going to be at least an interesting game. It's, at the very least, it's going to be interesting because the Suns and Nuggets are probably the group. There's like four teams that could win the Western Conference this year. The Western Conference is weaker than the Eastern Conference because the two best teams in the sport are in the Eastern Conference. But of the group of teams that could win the Western Conference, Suns and Nuggets are in that group. And they're more likely than not going to match up in the playoffs for the second time in three years. So I would I would watch that game just for the entertainment. And either way, even if you are feeling like sleepy from all the day's activities and you don't want to think about sports anymore, Nikola Jokic is awesome. Nikola Jokic put up 40, 27, and 10 the other day. 40 points, 27 rebounds, 10 assists. Followed it up with a triple-double the next night. He's got the number one player efficiency rating in the league, which I'm someone who says the person who leads the league in efficiency rating should win the MVP because it's the stat that most correlates to what we deem value to be. So if Jokic is going to win the MVP three years in a row, he's good. He's super duper entertaining so him and Giannis are the two most entertaining players to watch right now so uh I would consider watching Denver basketball just for the entertainment value at the end of the day it'll certainly be a higher entertainment value than watching Trace McSorley play against Tom Brady in a 17 to 7 Christmas night game in Arizona and that does it 
That's your Christmas weekend spectacular. We can't forget, of course, about the Monday, December 26th, 11.30 in the morning, quick lane bowl from Detroit between our friend Juju's New Mexico State Aggies and Bowling Green. I think they're the Falcons. That's a great way to uh, be a sicko after your Christmas. Boxing Day, you can watch New Mexico State and Bowling Green fill your programming. And there's also a lot of college basketball in Premier League, but... After the day, after the weekend's worth of sports that you may be consuming in addition to Christmas, might be the healthier thing to just take the day off. But if you're looking for something to do on Sicko Boxing Day, check out the Sicko New Mexico State and Bowling Green Bowl game at 11:30 in the afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping into the Take It Easy Christmas Spectacular. Please leave a five-star review, a download, in the good cheer of the season. We love each and every one of you for your continued support of our dreams. I hope you get as much enjoyment out of this Christmas weekend as I will. I'm excited for Bucks and Celtics especially, but Dolphins and Packers has a lot of interesting stakes and storylines to them, as well as the Eagles and Cowboys, as well as the entertainment value of watching Grizzlies, Warriors, and Suns and Nuggets. Just as long as you don't watch Broncos and Rams, you're doing something right this weekend. Have a wonderful holidays and take it easy. Take it easy.